0: Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. I'm Not Going Anywhere by Auburn Phoenix on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 1. Never give up on a miracle. He really meant it. He was really going to put all of his effort in her having the kids she wanted. Thanks, Mulder. She answered sometime later, as she disentangled from his embrace. For everything you've done, I really mean it. She stood there, staring down at her hands, seemingly deciding what to do next. He'd spent a lot of time at her place lately, accompanying her whenever she went to see her doctor. No matter how she told him it was not necessary, he would always insist. Maybe they need me for whatever reason, he'd say not wanting to openly admit that he was getting more and more involved in the situation despite his better judgment. The truth was that he wanted to be there for her, but also for himself. Mulder had ruled out the idea of having kids a while back. He hadn't had the best father figure, and his ability to keep a serious relationship was non-existent. But he had become so passionate about Scully getting pregnant with his child. Maybe this could work. He knew from the beginning that the chances were so low, but he had allowed himself to dream. Wasn't everybody allowed to hope for some wishes? Well, maybe. He should know by now that dreams very rarely came true. Silence was thick, and the situation was getting awkward, so he started babbling. Um, do you want me to go rent a movie? Shall I order some food? They'd been spending Friday nights together, and he was in charge of entertainment and nutrition tonight. She forced a smile. It's okay, Mulder. I'm fine. You can go now. No, you're not. I'm no longer that stupid man I was two years ago that would take all your I'm fine lightly and believe them. You may want to seem strong and appeased, but I'm not going to be fooled this time. I'd appreciate it if you didn't lie to me. He stopped for a second. Maybe it had came out a little harsh, but he was hurt. She was straight lying to his face, and he thought they were not doing that anymore. He had lost a child that he had been dreaming about for a month, and he was devastated. Scully had been at it for years and had already lost another child. She couldn't be fine. I'm sorry. You're not fine. I'm not fine. Mulder knew that his confession could push her away, running away from her defense mechanism when it came to what was painful or uncomfortable. So, you can kick me out if you want, but don't tell me you're fine, because we both know you're not. Her lips clenched, and before he knew it, she was hugging him more tightly than ever, as if his body was the only thing keeping her afloat. Scully's sobs quickly turned to uncomfortable wailing. It hurt him so much seeing her like that, but he would rather be there than knowing she was going through it by herself. He'd mourn their much-hope-for-child another day, Today, he needed to be her touchstone. He kept holding her until she started to calm down, kissing her head softly. He rubbed her back and then moved them to the kitchen. I'm not going anywhere, he added, sensing her hesitation. I'll make tea, okay? Mulder had wanted for this to work so much. He'd always known this was going to be the most problematic outcome. The guys had warned him about it. He wanted to believe, to trust there was hope. He still did. If there was a way for Scully to get pregnant, he'd find it. If there wasn't, he'd invent it. After that sad and horrible weekend in which Scully had come to terms with the knowledge that she was not going to ever have kids, she decided the best course of action was to get to work as soon as possible. It always helped that Mulder's cases demanded her undivided attention. They were so welcomed when she needed to keep herself distracted. Early in the week, he had them go to Chesapeake Bay on a supposed sighting of a lake monster. Those were always his favorites. She wasn't really in the mood, but his cheerfulness about the case managed to get her out of her dark place for a while. He was doing his best to keep her happy. No stupid quarrels, no nonsense. He was even writing the report for that quick trip to Maryland on Wednesday morning when she arrived at the office. Morning, Scully, he greeted her, offering coffee and a muffin. She was getting used to that lately. All the pampering was nice, maybe a little too nice. But she had to admit it was helping her feel better, so she would allow it for now. You seem extremely happy today. New case, she asked. Sitting down in front of him and taking a bite from the muffin. Chocolate-filled. Yummy. I'm going to Jackson. I'm gonna mess around, he sang slightly out of tune, and she smiled. Showing her the case file, he continued with the information. Superintendent of Road Farm 6, Mississippi Department of Corrections, was found dead in extremely weird circumstances in his office. No sign of entry. That looks like our kind of thing, she replied, as she read through the report. When are we leaving? Scully looked up and found him smiling at her. I was waiting for your approval to get us a flight. If we hurry, we can take the 10 a.m. That was another improvement. More often than not, he would have booked the flights, put together her date with the dead, and organized her whole schedule without even asking her. But he did it less lately. It seemed like the only thing he needed in order to take her into account was a failed pregnancy. She chuckled and ushered the thought away. No need to go there, Dana. Let's go then, she said, finishing her muffin, grabbing the coffee cup and getting up. Mississippi, here we come. Wait, he yelled, as she started walking out, leading the way. What? As she turned back around, she saw his hand moving forward and was surprised. Their playfulness had increased lately, with all the time they had spent together, and his always touching her everywhere was even more common. But there, he said, rubbing the corner of her upper lip with his index finger. You had some chocolate. Scully, you're such a sloppy eater, he added with a grin. You have no idea. She bit back and moved away, leaving him speechless. Chapter 2 After wrapping up the case three days later, they found themselves heading home on a 2 a.m. flight. They had about three hours before landing, and Scully took the opportunity to get some shut-eye as soon as she was seated. Mulder was tired as hell, but his last conversation with June was nagging his mind. What did he want? Maybe another chance? He had been trying to look cool and happy for Scully, but the whole IVF thing was still bothering him. He couldn't blame Rawls for trying to get his son back. Well, yes, his manners had not been the best, but the poor guy didn't know any other way. What lengths would Mulder go to to get his son back? Would he wreck and kill whomever and whatever stood in his way? He most certainly would. He had, and he would again for Scully. Mulder didn't know what having a kid was like, and most assuredly he wouldn't, not without Scully anyway, but he assumed the overwhelming urge to protect one would be similar to what he felt. He had loved that woman, even if she was not ready to hear it. Mulder would have loved to protect their kid. That was probably why she asked him to be the father. Mulder was hopeless in so many things, but being a protector was not one of them. He may sometimes fail, but Mulder always tried to keep the people he cared about safe. He was still deep in thought when the seatbelt lights went on and the pilot announced their descent. Scully woke up at the same time his stomach growled. You hungry? She smiled at him, rubbing her eyes awake. A bit. Seems that light dinner was not enough. They had grabbed a quick bite at the airport while they waited for their flight to depart, but that late at night they could only find a couple packaged sandwiches. Even though Scully offered him half of hers, claiming she wasn't hungry, he was now suffering from an empty stomach. May we can have an early breakfast once we land. He wouldn't say no to spending more time with her, and she knew that. She probably needed it. It was the first day they'd be apart, after the bad news hit them. He wasn't looking forward to being alone with his thoughts. Judging by the look on her face, neither did she. Of course, Scully. Whatever you want. whatever, whatever. Whatever. Scully suggested a bakery near her apartment, and Mulder had quickly agreed. It was a really nice place, decorated in a Victorian fashion, with a little excess of ornament, flowery wallpaper, and colorful chairs. Mulder's morning sugaring offerings lately were nice, but they were taking a toll on her thighs. She didn't want to go back to her unfashionable big old suits. Her improved sense of fashion wouldn't allow it. She vowed to start eating healthy again on Monday. Uh, Scully, you didn't tell me we were going to have tea with the Queen, Mulder said as they entered the establishment. I think I'm a little underdressed. Scully gave him a once-over. His jeans fit nicely. His shirt fit nicely. His leather jacket was a nice touch. But you look good. Better than good, she added mentally. There was something about Mulder and those t-shirts that really turned her on. Was it that she didn't have to imagine his fit body, as it was easily discerned under the soft, tight fabric. Or was the fact that it made her recall that fateful time that they almost kissed in his hallway? Whatever the cause, it made her twitch inside, and, although she usually tried to push those thoughts away, today she didn't mind. Maybe it was the lack of food and caffeine clouding her judgment. He had been extra nice during the whole IVF process, and her usual reticence about imagining a relationship with him was dissipating. She knew he wanted it. She wanted it. There was a part of her that screamed that it would end badly. It probably would. But she was seeing a whole new side of Mulder lately, and she liked it. A lot. Hey, Dana, it's been a while. The waitress greeted her and got her out of her bubble. How's your mom? Nice, thanks. I'll tell her you asked. Can we sit by the window? The back of the bakery looked out to a garden and it was Scully's preferred spot. "'Wherever you want. The place is all yours,' the girl said, gesturing to the empty room. She directed Mulder to the table she liked. She suggested he get an apple cinnamon muffin, and he agreed, although not without making a funny face. She was happy to see him being open to something other than his usual chocolate or blueberry one. Really, when had he grown like that? She went to place their order at the counter. When she came back to the table, She noticed Mulder was looking away with a sad expression. You okay? She asked him, sitting by his side instead of in front of him, and taking a look at what he was seeing. There was a young boy and a man playing with a baseball in the back garden. Yeah, I was just thinking about Pinker Rawls. I don't applaud his behavior, and I certainly think that he was not fit to raise a child, but he paused, keeping his sight fixed in the family outside. The kid jumped high to get a difficult ball, and his father cheered him loudly. Mulder smiled and continued. But I can see how he wanted to get his child back once he realized he had one. The waitress came back with their order, and they thanked her, getting at it with a fierce hunger. I'm sorry, Scully, he said between bites. I don't want to bring that topic up so early in the morning. Let's talk about something lighter, okay? No, Mulder, it's okay. She placed her hand on his and squeezed it affectionately. I can handle it. I've come to terms with the fact that it was never meant to happen. Although Scully was still sad, she didn't have a choice but to accept the hand that she was dealt. There were other options that she could ponder, but she needed some time to heal for now. As much as it surprised her, she could see that Mulder was hurting too. She wanted to take away his pain, just as he had done to her in the last few days. I'm sorry I failed you, he uttered in the saddest tone she had heard from him in quite a while. You failed me? She didn't understand what he was talking about. He'd been so supportive through the whole process and been there for her through it all. You came to me asking for help, and I couldn't give you what you needed. I'm also sorry I had kept it from you. Maybe if I had told you sooner. Stop that, Mulder. She needed him to stop feeling guilty about the whole thing. Yes, she had thought about it. She had blamed him for a while. But nothing had been his fault. He hadn't kidnapped her, tested her, given her an illness. In fact, he had done everything in his power to try and save her from each one of those situations. I owe you everything. You owe me nothing. Something inside her propelled her forward before she even realized what she was doing. Her lips touched his, and she was amazed at how soft they were, even surrounded by that five o'clock shadow. He licked her lips with his tongue, and she felt a shiver from head to toe. It had been a while since she had been kissed, and she had longed for his kiss for ages. Why had she waited this long for it? Oh, yeah, all the complications and problems and rules and... Um, I'm sorry, Mulder, I... No please, don't be. He tried to caress her cheek, but she retreated, feeling so flushed. No, this was wrong. She had been avoiding this for a lot of reasons, ones that she couldn't remember now, but surely they were good reasons if she had come up with them. She hadn't had enough sleep and was still confused. She should stop before it was too late. I gotta go, she said, ignoring him, and running away.